0: Welcome back to another episode of Addicted to MRR. Today we have a fun one. We have Annalise Warren. How are you doing, Annalise?
1: I'm really well, thank you, Travis.
0: You're all the way from Australia, right?
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> a long way away, it sounds.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Australia, I hear is a beautiful place. The closest I've ever been is actually Malaysia, but uh, I, it's definitely on my list of places to go.
1: Yeah, one day, yep.
0: <laughs> when the rest of the world decides they want to allow Americans back in, then maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll be there. Anyway, yeah, um, I'm I'm really glad we had you on today. You know, we haven't had a lot of people that that run marketing agencies or do mentorship programs, and that's kind of your specialty, right?
1: Yeah, that is.
0: So, how do you get into the mentorship side? Because I've seen different businesses, and, and, and this may be appealing to software businesses or other types of businesses that want to build a mentorship component did you you started with an agency though i believe is that correct
1: yeah that's right so my, my husband and I started a a marketing agency about three and a half years ago. Um, and we, we did that because we had a couple of kids and we, uh, we were moving back down the coast from the city, which is about two hours away. And I asked for more flexi time and they, that wasn't going to suit them. And so we, we live pretty regionally. And so we, we thought we'd start our own business and we did that and that was really successful. And now, my husband and i we we both were working from home and then because we have a couple of kids um now we have three but we i was speaking to a lot of mums who wanted what we had which was you know both parents working from home with a, with a successful business and so i started just mentoring mums and i i ran a program that was a little bit like a mastermind and then I was, I was working on helping them with their marketing because knowing, I, I mean, we could start our own business pretty easily, not easily because, you know, it's business, but easier than a lot of people who are really just great at their thing. So, you know, people who are great at graphic design or people who are great at sewing or whatever their, their thing was, um, and so I started teaching them them marketing, and then it has evolved from there and become the marketing mentor program now but i I just started with a really small group, really focused on mums who wanted what I had
0: yeah i mean i the thing that's great about agencies you know a lot of people think about oh, I want to start a business or I want to do something and Yeah, the the great thing about agency is is it's very quick to get getting cash in the door, right? So it may be more difficult to scale or to build a team or to constantly backfill clients. But if you're in a position where like, you know, I I really wanna work for myself and I wanna get things going, agency is one of the fastest ways to take your skills and put it directly into the marketplace and generate money in the door this month, right? Because a lot of people that start, like you still have a mortgage or a car payment or student loans or whatever, right? And so so that's that's amazing. And as you made this transition to the mentoring part, was that sort of a way to mitigate some of the downsides of the agency so that you could build some recurring business or or what sort of really I guess motivated you from a, a business perspective to sort of make that shift?
1: Well, you now it is, and well, more than when we when we've changed the scale, that you're exactly right. But initially it was just knowing how much I charged even as a freelancer to do someone's Facebook ads and knowing that it was just totally not affordable for the women that I was dealing with. And for anyone getting started, really, if you want a really great freelancer and Facebook ads is your thing, and then you've got to come up with the monthly ad spend and it can be a lot. So originally that was the driver going, how can I help these women and help them to do it themselves so they don't have to spend these crazy amounts that they they don't have but still give them a chance but then we started changing the model of the mentor program and we started to to scale that up um yeah when we didn't want to grow the agency anymore because we've got a small family where my husband's owner building our house and i just didn't want any more staff to manage so i thought how can we increase the revenue without having to grow the team
0: sure so can you you know from a pricing perspective like what did it used to cost if someone hired your agency versus like what is the mentorship program cost to, to help bring that affordability down
1: well just for facebook ads for example when i would work just with someone one-on-one it was 1500 a month just for me to manage facebook ads and um often that didn't include Everything like it wasn't all of the web development or you know, maybe they would have a web developer as well Whereas the marketing mentor program was is 550 Per month and they get access to our team every single day of the week
0: And so how do they get access to your team is you facilitate it through like a group slack or how do you do that?
1: Yeah, so we get we do a zoom call every day and then every day is focused on something specific topic so for example mondays is facebook ads tuesdays is organic social media wednesdays is google ads and seo so then they get the whole they get to actually talk to that expert within my team um, on a zoom call and it's a group call but everyone gets their their time and we can log into the back end of their accounts and then the google ads specialist can go "Mm, that's really not working for you change that up move that here and then we've got a portal where there's a whole heap of how-to videos, so we don't have to be teaching people 700 times how to add a Facebook pixel or something.
0: Sure, even though Facebook seems to change it every week, but yeah, yeah <laughs> at least you only have to record it once. It's true. Great. So, I mean, obviously that, that does make it a lot more affordable. I mean, it makes it basically a third, but it's sort of a done with you instead of a done for you. Kind of yeah
1: they, they do have to do it themselves and yeah. so it's still not suitable for people who are like oh, I don't want to learn this like too hard basket unless they give that to their to their team so they have a marketing person or a, a VA or someone who can join and learn that on their behalf
0: yeah that totally makes sense um, so at 550 a month you know obviously you have some monthly recurring revenue what is that built up to at this point?
1: yeah so we're about 10k a month now and we run it as a 12 month program at the moment which that really helps in so, terms of securing that
0: gotcha so are people is it is it really kind of like a 12 month payment plan or how do you really market that then
1: yeah so it, it is it's yeah 12 months with monthly payments of 550 or they can pay it in full for 10 10 months worth so just over 10% off. So it's 5,500. Um, and yeah, obviously there's other bonuses and things that go along with paying in full because even though they've committed to 12 months, of course, you know, life happens sometimes and having big chunks of revenue coming in is still really nice. Um, at, at, at certain times as well.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So it's, it's sort of a subscription. It's sort of a payment plan. Um, you know, then that gets us into the the voluntary versus involuntary churn when we usually talk about subscriptions, right? So in your case, you have 100% plan to churn within 12 months, right? But how much involuntary churn do you see with your payment plans? Like, you know, credit cards failing out and never being able to recover that person to continue paying? Like what what percentage of your business erodes from involuntary churn?
1: Really, really low. I, th- I think we've had maybe two um, that haven't picked back up again. Most people, I mean, really, it's it's pretty it's pretty affordable, um, and we haven't. So we've only been. So we started the mentor program um, initially about a year and a half ago, and we've only been running on this model for. Oh, the 12 month model this year. So, so far it's, it's been pretty good. We've been really, really blessed, I guess. It cons- especially considering the economy at the moment, but, um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but no, we, I think it's, it's working really well.
0: Are you actively doing anything to try to help when there's failed payments or anything or using any kind of service that sends them an email and says, Hey, this payment failed. Do you want to update your card? Have you automated that anyway?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have, we use Entreport. Okay. Um, and that, that automatically sends them those. But then if, if we do just give them a call as well, if we have failed payments, because normally it, it is just a, a glitch, but then if they're having having issues, then we can break that down further for them and make that, you know, weekly payments or, or pause them for a little while and then re, um, restart them on, on a pro rata or we're pretty adaptable because we because we did start this wanting to help small businesses. It's not just all about kind of churning and doing the numbers. We do actually, you know, we're so invested in their businesses every day that, that we're in touch with them.
0: Yeah, and that, that's great. And, you know, I don't think that being aggressive about trying to minimize churn necessarily means that you're all about the bottom line of the dollars it's just trying to point the obvious holes and (laughs) make sure that no 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 sorry i didn't
1: mean to yeah yeah no yeah i agree
0: and so you know my next portion i usually like to talk about is upsells right because i I think of things as funnels and entire campaigns in your business considering you started from the agency world would you consider your agency work sort of the built-in upsell for these customers
1: yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: And how because... successful is that when they go from being, uh, you know, a one-year membership to upselling and do you know what? This is great. I learned a lot. I have contacts. but now can I just hire you? What's that cost? You know, how's that? How's that work <laughs> out?
1: Normally, well, so far it has been in between. So you know, they're happy to do um, the majority of the things, or they're, they're happy to do their, their own outreach and their own organic social media, but maybe they just don't want to do Facebook ads. And so while we're working with them within the program, we might be taking some of that off their hands because although we offer calls on every element of that the agency covers, not everyone is running Google Ads and or not every not everyone is suited to run Google Ads. And so they don't feel like they're missing out if they're not on all of the calls, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. They, some people just get overwhelmed on certain platforms and it's just not their area of expertise and not an area they want to be an expert in. So <laughs> they'd rather just hire.
1: Yeah. They, they some people even just get us to do their social media because they can't be bothered and they'd rather, and they just do everything else.
0: It's kind of like the age old conversation that every business has when they decide on features. It's, do we build it or do we buy it? Right. Yeah. So, do we yeah. want this to be an internal competency, or do we want it to be an external competency that we just get billed for? So, everyone can make that decision, but that that seems like a very natural path for them to to have. because if you think about like you know live events, and the for a while I was in the author speaker world, it was all about this sort of ascension to more and more complex or more and more done for you um, mm-hmm. sort of pipelines. So. Uh, having that built-in agency is probably dramatically changes the math on what you couldn't even pay to acquire a customer then, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. That I guess that's the ultimate goal for most of them. They don't want to be doing their marketing. It's just that, that boost to get them started. Sure.
0: So, you know, I, I, even though you had the built-in agency, h- how did you get your first 10 customers, though, for the mentorship? Like the first 10 people to open their wallet and say, you know, I, I'm happy to pay... On a monthly basis for a year uh, for your mentorship program. How did you get the first ten people to say yes?
1: The first few were was like hand to hand networking, going to events, talking to people because I had all I had was an idea. Um, but once we've got this structure, then we run we run Facebook ads for a a workshop. So I run a five day DIY ads that convert workshop which is totally free um and i teach facebook ads for five days straight the the entire process as much as i can in five days um and so we, to get people to that workshop, we ran Facebook ads. Actually, we still do. So I'm running this workshop next week, actually. So what we're doing is we're, we're doing the same thing we did from the start, which is running Facebook ads to this event. Um, we're messaging every single person who follows us on LinkedIn. I mean, sorry, on Instagram. Um, I'm connecting with certain people on LinkedIn and just inviting them. Um, so they're the three main ways that we get people to the workshop and then on the workshop I teach for four days and then on the fourth day I introduce them to the program and then there's a few other bonus sessions and so we've got open cart from the fourth day to the ninth day
0: gotcha so i was going to actually ask I, wrote, I take notes throughout all these interviews and i was going to ask if you had a scarcity to close uh so to clarify the workshop do you always fulfill those actually live or do you have a pre-recorded version you send traffic to
1: no 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 pre-recorded version at um at this stage we it's it's live and i think the beauty of that is that the people that we're working with are often um solopreneurs, they're service-based business owners, they're, you know, interior designers and, um, uh, like bookkeepers and, and that kind of those kind of industries. And they've got a lot of questions. And so to be able to meet them exactly where they're at and be able to, it's, it's a Facebook live. So then the questions pop up and I can talk to them like they're actually there. And they, that, that rapport then is, and and the energy that they get, it's really second to none. The feedback that we get is really, really incredible, better than any pre-recorded video could ever be.
0: Yeah, I guess when you think about each, you know, quote unquote, class of people that that come in, um, the the general vibe is probably going to be a little bit different each time, right? As far as where they are on their skill level or that, you know, even though you have a lot of the same sort of pre-sale questions, I bet that they're slightly different each time. And I'm sure it definitely helps your close rate to be able to have them walking in towards the end of the, of the workshop, feeling like they had their questions and reservations answered potentially even in in advance.
1: Yeah. And I think with the live component, you know, I, I I drop things and I, I laugh and I fumble my words and I, I, they can see that I'm totally human and they, they that trust factor is really built in then because it's not just some polished perfect person they can't relate to that has you know pre-recorded and scripted something it's it's really natural um and i guess it, it for some it takes a while to get past the nerves but normally when when you're getting some good feedback in the in the comments it it helps. And from an energy perspective, knowing that you're live and that you could stuff up and and all of that, it helps you be really present.
0: Sure. That makes sense. So how often do you run these workshops to be able to fill your funnel?
1: Every couple of months. So yeah, normally about every eight weeks. Yeah, so it's normally two to three weeks. I'd like it to be three, but sometimes it just creeps up on us. And by the time we actually get into gear, it's probably two. Um, and that's when we start messaging people and all of that. And then on the actual for the actual workshop, that's a it's a hard week. I mean, it's the same content every time, so the workbooks exist. Uh, it's just rinse and repeat. I don't have to recreate. The points, but it's a lot of a lot of energy making sure that people are engaged up to it, and then during we really do um, try and talk with everyone. I've got people in the in the DMs messaging, making sure that people are on track. Um, we tag people in the videos to make sure that they've seen them. We send SMSs to make sure that they can try and show up live. And so that, that week and I, so like, I guess those 10 days are pretty energy <laughs> intensive. Um, but it works really well for us.
0: Well, I mean, you're basically doing a launch every eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, that that's a lot of energy. As someone who's launched a number of products, um, do you, do you ever work with any affiliates or anything? Or do you always run your own traffic from cold?
1: We have worked with affiliates before, but it hasn't been a big focus I think because this is this version of it is is quite new um we just really wanted to nail this funnel first and be be comfortable with that and make sure that the product you know that that we're happy with everything and the systems are all working before we before we outreach in that way um but yeah, it's definitely something we've we've dabbled, but not explored to its fullest potential. Okay, that's fair.
0: You know, I, I'd be kind of curious if in the future, if you find a way to plug in some kind of even lower ticket, whether it's software or something, to, so that these people, you know, at the end of the year, other than their only option being to drop off or to become an agency customer, if you have something, you know, maybe in the $50 to $100 a month range that they could continue to get value from, uh, over time just as a, a marketer that would be interesting to me to explore
1: yeah i'll i'll look into it and i'll let you know <laughs> good
0: good you <laughs> definitely report back if you come up with something interesting uh so i mean that that's obviously the campaign that's working have you run campaigns for this particular offer that have flopped or surprised you in any way that was negative
1: yeah the 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 webinar model didn't work as well and the even doing just a one day, um, like a live webinar, also did not work as well. Um, I think there's really something to be said for the the time that they spend in, in immersed in this, and of course you get you get drop off from from start to finish, but it's still. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's almost like a mini course and everyone is excited about it and everyone's in there and they're doing the homework and they're, they're doing all of that, that stuff. And that the five day versus, um, just the one off, I worked a lot better. Hmm.
0: Interesting. And, um, you think a lot of that has to do with just, they're not as invested in or haven't felt like they're invested in the outcomes. It's sort of a easy in easy out or they're not as connected to you as a presenter and a person since it seems like a lot of this even with the agency but especially with the mentorship program is is built around their connection with with you right even though they get access to the team Mm. they're really sort of buying a a fractional piece of access to you right
1: yeah yeah and i do run a couple of the calls um so yeah they definitely do and i think Again, because they're solopreneurs, and because I guess there's there's a lot of webinars and things out there that that they do, and this is what makes it stand out a little bit. Um, that being said, we didn't test it. I think I've done maybe I think I did about three of the one one off events, and with with basically no sales. Mm.
0: Well, that would so, be enough to it, it me was so a,
1: it was a, <laughs> <with> <laughs> it, it was not, it was not great. I mean, we definitely probably, we definitely could have, um, amped them up in a bit more in the lead up and we do that a lot better with, with the longer one. And I think because it is such an energy intensive exercise that we make sure it's worth our while. Um, and with the one off, it was definitely testing. And so, not as much effort went in in the lead up to make sure that people were excited. There wasn't as much of that hand to hand talking to them inside the group and that kind of thing.
0: Gotcha. So, you, it'd be fair to say that you weren't as committed to it. So, maybe as a result, your prospects weren't as committed to it. Yeah, true. Okay. And, you know, through your process so far of running this a few times, you know, I guess six months now in this model. What surprised you in a good way? Did you have anything that that it converted surprisingly well, or some tweaks, or some things you've changed to the delivery of your five day sequence, or your five day workshop rather that that surprised you on how well it worked? Uh, anything like that that kind of showed up along the way?
1: The the messages in the in the DMs really surprised. Me is how vulnerable people get in in their messages and how much they're willing to trust you after a a little while. Um, And what else did we do? Um, I ran a a live Zoom call um, with with people who were still on the fence at at the end and. so that i could answer any of their questions and that worked really well it was almost like a group consultation
0: well i mean in a lot of ways that's kind of like uh, a real life analog version of retargeting right they're people that have already shown interest they just didn't get over the fence
1: yeah yeah (laughs) true (laughs) (laughs) i really never thought about it like that but you're you're right
0: (laughs) yeah so i mean it makes sense i mean as you know with you know running on facebook ads for people. Retargeting is one of the best ROIs you can have. So of course. You know, once you've built up rapport with somebody, but they haven't bought for whatever reason, you know, I've even seen people that, that have a higher ticket thing that, you know, they pick up the, the phone and call each person individually that didn't buy, mm-hmm. you know, if, if the ticket price is high enough and it's not a, a high pressure sales thing. It's just, you know, Hey, I saw you were in the class. We enjoyed your attendance, but looks like you didn't buy. You can't, can you just share why that wasn't the case or what we could have done differently to, to be a, make sure we were a great fit for your business and, that that kind of stuff works surprisingly well because you know those are the quote glenn gary leads right they're (laughs) they're the 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 best of the best and they've been engaged and you've already paid to acquire them so Mm. it doesn't usually hurt to take that extra effort to to try to convert those people who haven't converted before
1: yeah and we do monitor all of that in a spreadsheet as well i've got staff that um document who comments on what videos and um who does the homework and, and all of that. So we, we really clearly know who those hot leads are.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, um, is there anything else about your business that you wanted to share? Uh, you know, I think it's fairly straightforward with the the blend of the agency and the mentorship, but you know, what would you tell somebody who was interested in, in building a mentorship component to their business? You know, what, what would you tell them trying to get started on what they should look out for, what they should consider how they can fast track their way to, to being where you are right now.
1: Yeah. I think the thing about it that, that is, is really good that you have to really think about before you dive in is the, it's kind of the opposite of the trends, which is to make everything automated because it's, it's not, (laughs) um, you have, you have to be there every, every day or every week or whatever that, that is but I think that's the part that people are drawn to because they have done the automated courses that with you know they they can barely get support from and so that's the thing that that we as humans really really crave is that human connection so I think that's the thing that makes it really different so that's the thing that I would be um focusing on highlighting if this is the the way that you want to go down yeah yeah and uh, that that access because if you think about you know 90% of the programs online programs out there that personal touch isn't really there which is which is what makes it a great model if you don't want to you know if you do just want more revenue without more work but this is um you still get the scaling revenue but you there's a little bit more face to face time than just in a general kind of subscription model. But again, that's what makes it different and that's what draws people in.
0: Okay. That's fair advice. And from a, from a tech tech stack and sort of technical perspective of how you fulfill it. I know you mentioned you use entreport. Mm. I won't hold that against you forever that you don't use campaign refinery. That's okay. But what else <laughs> do you use in your marketing mix to huh. deliver huh. the content and membership areas and, the the group chat kind of stuff how do you actually deliver that from a, a tech perspective you don't have to get real in the weeds but just like what tools are like you would absolutely cry if you didn't have them in your stack right now
1: we're really really basic we use zoom um every like that's how we deliver the sessions and then we have a facebook group where they can post and then the membership portal is yes on entreport <laughs> and um and that's it that's they're the three
0: okay well, that's pretty easy and straightforward. Yeah, then. super basic. Um, and so you don't use WordPress for any of your stuff?
1: Uh, no, our website is hosted there, but we don't. No, yeah, we don't anymore. Okay.
0: Yeah, just I was curious what tools people use, mm. um, so we'll uh, we'll try to put links to to those in the description. Um, great. Now, I think we can probably go ahead and move on to sort of what I usually end my interviews with. And it's a part that's really near and dear to my heart, and that is the the mental health aspect of being a high performance entrepreneur, uh, especially someone who has to deal with so many people. And and, and I, I don't say deal even in derogatory sense. Just there's a lot of interaction required with a lot of different people, mm-hmm. both customers, teammates, etc. In, in your situation, and you know, I, I think about my my own experience running software companies and working with you know tens of thousands of customers. It's like how do I deal with my own stress, overwhelm, anxiety, depression, right? All the different things that can come with the world that we live in as entrepreneurs who have selected this path. And I wouldn't have it any other way, but there's definitely been struggles and adaptations I've had to make in my, you know, workout regimen or diet or whatever to try to reduce the levers that give me negative outcomes and, and increase the levers that give me positive outcomes. So my question to you is, have you experienced any of those stress overwhelm anxiety depression type symptoms and if you have what things have helped improve them or helped you mitigate some of the the downsides so that you can continue to live the best version of your life possible
1: yeah for me i haven't experienced um, a whole like the serious depression side of things but I've definitely experienced overwhelm and the roller coaster of of emotions that comes with trying to start and grow a business um for me it was about really lowering my expectations I think and of of myself and of what the business was going to deliver and in terms of my output at a level of really high perfection, <laughs> I just had to lower the bar a bit, so that kind of done was was better than perfect, so that I wasn't putting so much pressure on myself. Um, and then I, it's just been a juggling act. So I start, we started the agency, and I was pregnant with our third, and then we pretty much worked the entire way way through. So juggling, you know, having a newborn and the different cycles of having, of having kids. Um, and so I just, every stage has looked a little bit different. And for me now I, I get up early and I make sure I have some time for myself to, to read and to do some meditation, to do some journaling. And then I try and exercise in the morning straight after that. And then I'm ready for, the kids and work and whatever the day has to throw at me. And sleep has been a big one. I used to be very guilty of, you know, getting five or six hours sleep and being fine with it um, or trying to be fine with it. But, but the sleep component, prolonged lack of sleep really messed with my, um, with my emotions and with my ability to interact nicely when things were irritating me, husband or kids. Um, so yeah, having that time in the morning for me so that the day's framed how I would like it to be framed and I'm not woken up to mum make me breakfast. Um, and that I get that movement in and then uh, yeah, making sure that I, I get a good sleep so that, That is kind of the foundation for everything else.
0: I love it. You you basically hit my my punch list on a lot of the same things for me, Um, you know, as far as exercise, sleep, meditation, journaling. I mean, the whole gamut. Um, Do you find that diet influences things at all Uh, for me? Like, you know, caffeine and alcohol where I wasn't abusing either, but uh, reducing both to effectively zero uh, made a big difference on my sleep quality and my patience and, yeah. and all of those kind of things. So I don't know if you've had any experience or changes on that. You know, it doesn't affect everyone the same way. But uh, for me, that was kind of one sort of surprising piece.
1: Yeah, I haven't so much with the caffeine. I haven't noticed. I did listen to a, a podcast on on sleep and that kind of scared me off having anything in the afternoon um, in terms of inhibiting deep sleep. So I've definitely tried to put that into the mix. Um, And alcohol, yeah, definitely. I think if you, for me, a couple of glasses of wine at night means that I wake up dehydrated and a bit icky and even, you know, a couple of glasses isn't, I wouldn't have considered that a lot. But I think that because of how it affects my hydration levels, it definitely affects my energy levels the next day. And I do not feel like exercising if I'm waking up feeling dehydrated.
0: Yeah, you're kind of starting behind the heat ball. And so it's not necessarily the uh, the alcohol itself that's the problem. It's the, the reduction of all the other habits that can be helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, for a compounding effect.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, interesting. If you don't mind, I'd like to, to go just a little bit deeper though on the expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs have this sort of perfectionism. Um, I think for a lot of people, that's to the point that it paralyzes them from ever getting going. Yeah. Uh, and then once we are you know, at a certain point in our career arc as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can actually have a bit of a regression because then it's like, well, I gotta be better than last time. You know, that's like, I gotta improve. Mm-hmm and that can be significantly diminishing returns. I'm I'm curious what you were able to do to make that 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 shift to be able to lower your expectations which can maybe let, you know, the the ups and downs of entrepreneurship roll off your back. What 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 sort of active mechanisms or or decisions did you make to try to to make that leap? <laughs>
1: So, in terms of my performance in things, it came down to what did I think was going to be the best strategy for us, And that did involve me being on live video, and it did involve me being um, a, a a presence on on social media and and I was terrible. I mean, if you look back at me maybe five years ago and I was doing some public speaking, not by choice I didn't (laughs) and I was I was really awful and my body would shake and I I could barely get my words out and that was the place where I was coming from and then I knew that sort of video and I had to be front and center in order to I thought that that was going to be the best strategy to grow this business i just had to allow myself to be pretty terrible and put it out there anyway and so i stopped in terms of a practical perspective i would record the video and i wouldn't watch it back and i would just put it out there and then you know months and months and months of just being consistent going no this is the plan this is the plan this is the plan thinking hopefully no one's really watching it anyway because we're just getting started um And being okay with that and just going, nope, this is the thing. I just have to do the video. Great. Done the video. I've put it up now. And then in terms of a, a business perspective and being okay with, I mean, it's less now because we've got the mentor program, but with the agency having, having great months and then having like almost nothing. And then, you know, trying to have that as the basis for feeding our family, um, just going, okay, that is going to be, that's just going to be what it is. And these are the things that I can put in place to, to do my best to not make that happen. Um, yeah. And just coming, just realizing the reality of what that was going to be. If this is the path that we wanted to take and going, well, if we don't want to go and get a job, then this is what it is. And this is what The best that we can do to make that not happen but ultimately most of it's going to be kind of out of our control um yeah and now obviously with the mentor program that's monthly monthly income and so that has helped to not that to not be as much of an issue
0: yeah it definitely gives you a more stability yeah (laughs) month to month yeah you know, I think it's easy for us to forget when we find a creator or a person that we admire who's been at it and really honing their craft for a long time, you know, uh, sometimes it's easy to look at like the, the video quality production of someone who's been doing it forever. You're like, wow, that video looks amazing. And, and you try to do it and it looks like total garbage. But if you, if you don't realize that they've been doing it every day, you know, for five, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And that's how they got good. If you saw their early stuff, it was probably embarrassing too. Right. Yeah.
1: Um yeah I hope yeah.
0: <laughs> go ahead,
1: no, I'm just saying I hope yeah that that was the that there were the thought patterns, yes well,
0: and then and then when you also think about expectations i'm I'm curious how as you're as you starting and grew your business, you're also starting and growing a family, mm. and you know, I think about you know my own path and you know getting married and whatever else, and i don't I don't have kids yet, but my personal expectations have always been high, I think that that's true of a lot of entrepreneurs. But I think as you start to have other people fit into your life in a really important way, that expectation almost builds even more, right? So as a mom, it's like, well, am I, you know, maybe potentially doing the best I can for my kids? Is, is my business going to provide in the way that I expected to? Were those compounding influences as well as you went through this process?
1: Yeah, it was. And it also influenced so for me, the most important thing was that we designed the business around what we wanted life to look like and not the other way around. And so we really mapped out, okay, these are the days that all the times that we want to be working. And these are the times that we really want to dedicate to the kids. Um, and because the whole point of, of doing it was so that they weren't in daycare five days a week. That was our, that was what we wanted for us. Um, and then just having really strict boundaries and going, okay, well, that's the time. And now the computer's going to close. Um, and we're going to go and, you know, play Lego or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, but then also having the flexibility because you do have your own business to go, it's a really nice day and let's just go take the kids to the beach and I'll work tonight or whatever that is. But for us, it was about yeah designing the business around the family and going yes that means that the business will not grow as quickly as it could um, and that was a big part of what I said at the beginning which was we didn't want to have we didn't want to work more and we didn't want to hire more people and grow the agency we were at a, a point where we were happy with you know that workload but then the mentor program was a way to. To expand that without having to to do that, without having to get more people on board.
0: Yeah, totally. Did, Did you find, though, as your family continued to expand, though, that your personal expectations increased or stayed about the same?
1: I think you get used to it. And I think it just becomes the new normal. So even I'm expecting now, so we'll have four actually next year. Four four Congrats. So we'll have four. So the last little edition will be coming along. And I have been thinking about it again, going, Okay, well, what what was the experience for the other kids and what do I want this one to have? And what does that mean for the business? And but the beauty is it's your business. So it can take whatever direction you'd like and once the kids are grown up then I'll have all the time in the world for for the business and so we've we've chosen to keep it smaller for now at a level that's manageable so that we can have the family time that we created it to achieve yeah okay
0: that's great yeah it's sort of funny my, my wife and I are both the youngest uh in our families out of out of three total kids mm-hmm. and just the other day my sister sent me uh me and my mom, uh, like a thing off Facebook and it said, you know, people, people claim that the youngest child is the favorite, you know, our parents just kept having kids. So they found when they liked, it's not my problem, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. So you thought about your fourth, you know, fourth and final edition or whatever is maybe kind of you chuckle think going I think, gonna think that, I'm so.
1: going to keep going. No, I'm done. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been this has been great. Um, if someone wanted to learn more about your business or contact you or was curious about the things that you're doing and want to reach out, mm-hmm. what's the best place for them to get in touch with you?
1: So I'm on Instagram at Annalise.Warn and I guess that the spelling can be in the show notes because it's a little interesting um, or AnnaliseWarn.com.
0: Great. And uh, social media, the best place to send you a message if they had a question? Yeah, definitely.
1: Send me a DM on Instagram and I'll get back to you.
0: Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time and, you know, for those who are interested or uh, especially if you're interested in Facebook marketing or anything else, you should definitely go check out her mentorship program. Um, And thank you so much for sharing about how you built the business and how you've grown it from just an agency to some more stable recurring revenue. And it was a real pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you so much, Travis. I really appreciate it.